Hey everybody, welcome to Thoughts of Peaches. First episode of 2021. This is Peaches. How you doing? So, we thought we left all the buffoonery and nonsense in 2020. And 2021 already started off with a bang in the first week. I'm talking about the attack on the Capitol building by Trump supporters, white nationalists, white supremacists. They're calling them vanilla ISIS and all kinds of other interesting things. But they were domestic terrorists. We'll just call it like we see it. So today, I'm going to break down a couple of different points of view I have on several things that are going on with what happened and how it's being dealt with from a common sense, everyday perspective, because not all of us are political analysts and have the time or energy to look at stats and stuff like that. So I'm just going to go from the hip for my thoughts and views on some of the things that happen. A lot of it is reasonably common sense. A lot of it is what happens next type of things. And a lot of it is going to be what this says for our country as a whole. Um, these are my thoughts, my opinions, my points of views. If you disagree, that's cool, but please be respectful. Um, I'm not a hateful person. I try to speak at with as much civility as possible, given the circumstances. So I would expect anybody in my comments or inbox to do the same. Most of my listeners are friends of mine or people that know me. So I don't expect anything super negative but rather give the disclaimer just in case because this is the world we live in and you never know what's going on in someone's head or how they feel about something so let's get ready okay let's start with the lead up and i will preface this by saying i am not a fan or proponent of unproven conspiracy theories i base off of information that is given, what is observed, and what can be logically ascertained from a situation. So, this whole situation was telegraphed, predicted, foretold, and borderline spelled out by those who were going to execute this action. Let's be clear. Social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Parler, which I just heard about recently, there's been buzz and talk about this for a while. So the fact that anyone is fully surprised perturbs me. Um, I don't take every random threat or militaristic political call of action I hear or see on the internet seriously, but you should deposit that information somewhere in your brain just so you're not taken aback or like side blindsided when these things happen. So that's point number one. Point number two. With my limited, quote-unquote, resources for information, though some of my friends will beg to differ given things I've done in my past, if I could foresee this happening and not be shocked or surprised, highly appalled, but not shocked or surprised, how could high-level law enforcement and government enforcement agencies not be prepared for this at the nation's capital while in session. 
I'm just going to let that linger. Mind you, this is not a conspiracy theory. This is just analyzing the facts of the situation. This is our nation's capital. What we saw in some of those videos was a wanton disregard for security protocols by opening that barricade to let people in. Highly unprofessional behavior during a insurgency by taking selfies with the people who were breaking in and rushing the Capitol. The gross lack of general security on site. And how they chose to handle the situation so delicately as opposed to how it's been handled by um, other law enforcement in smaller localities that don't have as high of a value, quote unquote, to national security. With that being said, I looked a couple of things up because something didn't pan out and make sense. The one iota of grace. I can possibly offer to this situation is according to my research, the Capitol security force is not that big of a law enforcement body. It's not that big of a force as some local police forces may be, or the national guard, et cetera, and so forth. But with that being said, with all the chatter about this event, you don't think it would have made sense for them to maybe bring some more people in that day have the National Guard on standby. Here's another thing that is something I had to realize. The Capitol in Washington, D.C. doesn't have a specific mayor or governor, per se, that can call in military forces because... If I'm not mistaken, the Capitol is the domain of the president, the vice president, Congress, et cetera, and so forth. So Dingleberry McDouche Nugget, Orange Cheeto, soon to be former president, 45, had the ball in his court for how this was handled, and he failed miserably because he condoned and endorsed them coming to the Capitol. And he would be short-sighted, grossly incompetent, and naive to not think, based on responses his supporters have had to things in the past, that this would not become a violent, out-of-control situation. But then everything sparked off and happened. I'll get to that in a moment. Now, let's get into the actual execution of the attack for a moment. I have never been in the military. I have no military knowledge, experience, background, stuff like that. But I have been told, based on other things I've done, I'm a very knowledgeable at tactics and things like that, and ways to get things done. What I witnessed was a complete and utter hot mess, disorganized bunch of buffoons. I am not excusing the attack, but as my mother always told me, if you're going to do something, do something right. Now, obviously, there was some assistance, apathy, or whatever you want to call it from whomever opened that front barricade to allow them in. There were limited resources present to propose opposition against them. Great. Cool. Toyota. But they proceeded and were prepared for almost a guerrilla-esque Situation being the fact they were willing to break windows 
attempt to climb walls. That video of the guy falling is hilarious. Um, there were various improvised incendiary devices found in the form of pipe bombs, Molotov cocktails. And so many of these people were armed, a lot of whom would have cited their Second Amendment rights and things of that nature, but it also shows their lack of preparedness, fully knowing that you're not allowed to even carry licensed firearms unless you're law enforcement or military on federal property, which is an issue I'll get to later. But you see them busting through doors, bashing through windows, and then it was the vandalism and chaos for me with no express purpose other than to kind of like, it was almost like they were TPing a house or leaving a flaming pile of shit on somebody's door or something like that. It was a big ass prank to say, fuck you, blah, 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 blah. Mind you, they were armed and they did have zip tie handcuffs and stuff prepared to hold hostages and stuff. But I think, and I feel wholeheartedly that was mostly for show. I don't feel like any of these people were really set up to literally end somebody's life on that kind of tip. Um, cause they, in all honesty, most of them were cowards parading as patriots. Um, and they don't know the meaning of that word. Um, you see a lot of talk and rhetoric and a lot of the planning they did was mostly for the optics of the situation, who they saw, what they saw, the flags they were using. If you go through, you see Trump 2020 flags, even though it's 2021. You see Confederate flags. And if you actually look and analyze and listen to a lot of reports, clearly you also see a lot of neo-Nazi, Nazi insignia and verbiage and visuals there. Um, and then you have them comparing it to um, all kinds of other protests, saying they're protesting for their rights, but what right? What rights? What rights are you protesting? What is what is this going to serve? Now, what they should have done if they were calling it a protest, yes, you get up to the steps of the Capitol building and you sit there and you wait and you hold your signs and you occupy, you occupy space and you show your numbers in mass to show that you were not alone, you have a voice. That is what the goal and means of a protest is. Calling this a riot is generous because the violence and aggression was unprovoked. You can see that wholeheartedly in the videos. They were given a lot of grace and a lot of passes to move freely through the space as opposed to other organizations when they protest and march hint hint and you saw they initiated the aggression they were trying to <clears throat> fight their way through barricaded doors locked windows defying police warnings and things of that nature and then people talk about the um service woman who lost her life but she would not have lost her life had she not put herself in that situation had she adhered to the verbal warning not to penetrate that door and also the warning shot that was allegedly fired to let them know he was serious 
um, you wouldn't have had people get trampled. You wouldn't have had a officer being beat to death with a fire extinguisher unprovokedly, just trying to enforce and maintain order and do his job. This whole thing was a shitty hot mess. And what did it prove? It proved what the opponents of the right have been saying. And it made quote on quote true conservatives look bad because y'all defended this shit up until the point when it happened. Then when stuff went left, folks want to denounce things and resign and things of that nature. You have the likes of Tommy Lauren and Christian Walker who, who girl, that boy gets under my skin. Now backtracking on what they said or media silence. Cause you got egg on your face for talking all that trash and then stuff didn't turn out the way you thought it was going to be. This is not the age of the Boston tea party or the American revolution or the civil war, which was borderline turning into honestly. There was no reason for this level of violence, treasonous insurrection, or anything of that nature. We are at a state in our country where this is not called for, especially not for the reasons that people claim they did it for, as though they're being oppressed by something because their candidate didn't win and they feel like their rights are being infringed on. Your rights aren't being infringed. Uh, your rights are not being infringed on. Your privilege is being challenged, and that is the part that bothers you. Now, as the attack popped off, let's talk about the response. As I already addressed, the limited resources that the Capitol Police um, have plays into consideration for this situation, but also the level of urgency taken with the situation or the level of aggression used upon the insurrectionists domestic terrorist is very problematic and questionable given the fact that we've seen <laughs> what the response could be when law enforcement really puts their foot in something as we saw how they handled the Black Lives Matter protest marches um, and riots that occurred in the wake of the murder of George Floyd and they revved up even more upon the murder of Breonna Taylor. So we know what they're capable of. And the fact that that was not shown in this situation raises a great number of questions, which has yet to be addressed. This feeds a lot of the conspiracy theories, pretty much saying you've never seen Miley Cyrus and Hannah Montana in the same room. You've never seen Clark Kent and Superman in the same room. You've never seen Bruce Wayne and Batman in the same room, if you catch my meaning. Now, as much credence as I give to that, I also give the credence to, even if it wasn't an inherent situation of law enforcement being in cahoots directly with the insurgentist, insurrectionist, I'm sorry, it is the white privilege of it all not seeing them as a threat because of their skin being lighter. 
them thinking, oh, they're just going to come in and occupy some space, not realizing they were going to vandalize government, federal property, endanger our legislative branch, um, steal what could potentially be sensitive documents off of people's desks and things, cause complete and utter chaos while the Senate is in session. But no one thought they needed to be handled more aggressively than they were, apparently, until later that evening when, (laughs) funny enough, the states around D.C. had to intervene, sending in the National Guard and additional support. And even then, their responses were very light in comparison to how other situations have been dealt with. And then the subsequent consequences, because... Let's be real. No faith, no case. Outside of there being a global pandemic and this being a massive super spreader event to those um, voluntarily in attendance and those who were collaterally there, you also have clear-cut, high-definition photo and video evidence of who these people are and how they can be identified, along with the fact this is a federal building, so Everything under the sun being tracked from cell phone signals, Instagram posts, and everything else. So these people didn't even plan an escape strategy properly for all of this mess. That's why so many of them are being identified and doxxed right now on social media, even to the point where some of them couldn't even travel home because so many of these people traveled from across the country for this function that once they were identified... A lot of them were immediately put on no-fly list for every airline and got stuck at the airport, which is how they're getting caught. And contrary to what they may believe about their rights, most of the things that you have just done are signs of treason and sedition, which all lead to felony charges, depending on how they line up what you did and your level of involvement. If you physically made into the Capitol building, you're definitely screwed. Um, A lot of people are losing their jobs. Um, There's been several losses of life over this. And then you have these people that once they get caught and identified these piss-poor, lukewarm-ass apologies they're given because they got caught. Oh, I didn't understand the gravity. Yes, you did. You just didn't expect to be handled in such a way. Because here's the thing about white privilege. It's all fun and games until that is taken away from you. By the law. Because guess what? Something else these people don't factor in. All the people that are being brought up on charges that are felonies once convicted... All that Second Amendment stuff about you wanting to have the right to carry your gun and right to bear arms, that's out the window. You would now have a felony on your record, so based on the system that you have privileged upon, it will be a little bit harder for you to find employment. Based on the fact things have been posted on social media, so you can't really duck and dodge and hide the felony you did because a quick google search your name will pull up the record and show that you were there and you were present especially those who decided to document the event on their social media pages (laughs) thinking that there's some kind of patriot and a new coming of paul revere in them no sweetie 
you're just someone who are bad someone pissing your Cheerios and your candy didn't win. The consequences for you are astronomical. But I feel even worse for the families attached to people who participated in this function. Especially the families whose political points of views don't align with their family members who may have taken part of this. Um, Those who will be arrested. Those who have lost their life. Those who have made it home potentially are now spreading whatever version of COVID have been floating around during this event. The collateral damage is the issue for me because now you have put a target on all those around you because to be perfectly honest, the left and the right are equally vicious towards each other. So people will go after your collaterals and your friends and your family just to get back to you, just to destroy you and to seek retribution against you for what you did so now you have put your children in danger you have put your places of work and business in danger if you're a business owner you put your employees in danger and i don't think that was thought out there was the short-sightedness for me you didn't think about what happens after you do all this not you thought about what could happen, what you wanted to happen, but you didn't think about like the realistic, tangible elements of what was going to happen, especially once you started to see that you were not getting what you wanted. That epiphany didn't hit you because you were running on adrenaline and stupidity. Um, so many of these people went, oh, our president, our president, your president <laughs> turned his back on you almost as quickly as y'all ran through them doors. He pulled a full, it's not mine, Maury, on y'all. As did most of the conservative talking heads that had endorsed or encouraged this once they saw shit went left. So now, all this mess you have to clean up in your life is on you. So let's talk about the aftermath. The social and political deaths of so many people involved in this situation and what this means for the world and America after this. Now, there's a couple of different factors I want to pop into this, um, and I'm going to tie in another talking point that I'm going to do my closing on. But now you're seeing people are exposing people and cancel culture and call-out culture is now being spiked because... This is the situation that warrants us to know who these people are because they cannot be allowed to proceed and behave like this now that they have shown what their ideology and rhetoric is. Regardless of what they say, they'll say, I'm not racist. I just want my rights. But you're protesting rights that weren't infringed on. You're protesting because your candidate didn't win. And it wasn't even a protest. It was a riot and an insurrection and treason. And you'll use the word patriot inappropriately to define yourself when patriots would not storm and break into the Capitol and put people's life in danger during a legislative legislative proceeding. You have things like Donald Trump being removed off of social media and social media platforms taking hate speech and things more seriously but it feels like it's a too little too late situation because had they handled this sooner and better, they could have avoided all of this because social media was the primary 
way people got the information for this to be executed and for this to be incited. So where are the consequences for them? People are now reevaluating the concept of the First Amendment and understanding that the First Amendment is in regard to government censorship, not censorship from a private company, which most of these social media platforms are. They have no allegiance to anything except for their shareholders and their bottom dollar. And if you're affecting their money, they will quickly tell you by there with the quickness. All the people that were there that now have consequences to deal with of being identified and having to face the music of living their life with people knowing that they are a treasonous insurrectionist. Where do we go from here? How do we remedy the divides we have created in our nation between the privileged and the marginalized? And even within those groups, the extremists to both ends of the polarizing sides of any marginalized cultural, political, or social group. How do we bring those things back together, bend those fractures, and move forward as a nation? It's hard to do, especially in the United States, because in other countries, it's easier to get people predominantly on the same page because they have such old world homogenized cultures where the majority of the population is literally a majority of the population that can trace their lineage and heritage there. America was colonized. We don't even listen to the people that were here first. The government manages them as a courtesy of sorts. It's not even a courtesy. And then we have all these other cultural groups have come here looking for their freedom and their joy and whatever But that's not even the case when they get here because we don't know heads from tails, up from down, our elbow from our asshole to begin with. So we have a lot of work on to get on the same page about what America is and what it is supposed to be and how we get there. We are walking in to a transition of power with the most diverse um, administration in history. So hopefully those additional diverse voices will allow things that haven't been heard or spoken of at that level to be dealt with and to be addressed and to have light shined on. So many people from various cultures, from representation from the LGBTQIA plus community, representation from women. We have the first female vice president in U.S. history who is of Southeast Asian black caribbean descent those are voices that have not been heard on this level hopefully that will bring about some change but how long will that take how much more damage is going to be done to this very fraction this very fragile circumstance we live in before we see a positive outcome before people have hope before people have faith in the government and law enforcement and the military. There's a lot of cleaning up that needs to be done from this, and it starts with seeding out the bad apples, letting people know that this is not going to be how we do business. This can't be the quietest kept biases and racism that has existed in America for so long. The 
silent misogyny and homophobia and xenophobia that has existed and managed this country. We need to pull the curtains on all of it and do a real reassessment on who we are and what America represents. Because if not, it's going to be a matter of time before we're in the same situation again, if not worse. Because as technology advances, we're going to see different things, different people, and not everybody advancing that technology has 100% good intentions for the human race or for other people in general at heart. As we saw with the spin getting off, he didn't care about nobody but himself. He wasn't there for nothing but the sun shows and the foolishness. And we let this rock for four years. We need to put measures in place, things in order, and make sure we don't brush this to the side so we cannot have situations like this happen again. We are not only the laughing stock of the world right now, but we are ashamed of ourselves looking at ourselves. That needs to be fixed immediately. Okay, so that wraps up my little rant and such regarding the Capitol. Now let's get to my um, peach pit. I've done this in a while, but I'm going to speak on the behalf of the Alphabet Mafia. Thank you, TikTok, for giving me that. Um, those of you who are members of the LGBTQIA+, specifically those privileged males of any race, creed, or preference, or even if you are not privileged, those irresponsible individuals, or if you intersect at the point of privileged and irresponsible, listen closely. What you are doing is wrong. I understand we all have burnout from this virus. Um, it's a lot. I work in hospitality and nightlife. I get it. I love to be in the midst of loud music, crowded parties, DJs, lights, and all that. That is my life. I feed off of it. But right now, this ain't the time. Those of you who went to Puerto Vallarta and are doing all these secret parties, and I do keep track of all of them, don't worry. I'm not going to dox anybody or put anybody's business out there because that's not my place. But just know, I see y'all. And I'm extremely disappointed. If we did not learn anything from how our community had to deal with the HIV and AIDS crisis, they are not the same, but here is one parallel. If you ask anybody who was blessed to have survived through that, or even watch any of the <clears throat> film adaptations of what happened in that era, there were always people who put themselves above everyone else. It doesn't affect me. I can't put my life on hold. Well, I'm going to get it anyway. So what does it matter? Does it sound familiar? Of anybody, of any marginalized community, we have a greater knowledge of the effects of how a disease can destroy a community. We need to do better. Those of you who are talking about call-out culture and cancel culture, my mama always said, either don't do it or don't get caught. In this situation, you're better off not doing it because you're bound to get caught. 
you're holding up the process for everybody else. And if you are traveling somewhere irresponsibly, you may be taking or bringing shit back with you and not knowing it. How is that fair to everybody else? How is that fair to your loved ones, your co-workers, to the world at large that this process has to be drawn out and mismanaged even more so than it already is because you want to hear a remix to a song while sweating under the influence of God knows what in some foreign place it's open because we're shut down because we're trying to do what we need to get done. And a side note, here's a classic example of privilege. Miss Mama, who went down to the Cayman Islands to see her son or her boyfriend in the um rate the kayaking or sailing race or whatever that defied quarantine because you couldn't sit your ass still. And now you done got locked up and are paying fines and stuff. There are real consequences for these actions. Luckily for a lot of us, we live in the United States and they're not enforcing a lot of these measures, but other places will. So if that's, if there's a privilege you really want to exercise, exercise the fact that you live in America and you have the privilege of choosing to stay your ass home and do what's right and you're not being penalized for not doing it. Wrap your head around that. That doesn't mean you do it because you can get away with it. That means you are lucky you have a choice and a voice in the situation and it should be used responsibility. Thank you and good night.